This episode is brought to you by Avast, global leaders in digital security for network operators. They can build a safer digital world for your customers and their families. Discover more at avast.com partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot com slash partners. Hello and welcome to another 5G update uh, leading up to the big 5G event. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading and joining me today is James Croshaw from the Omdia Analyst team. Hello, James. Hello, Phil. How are you? Doing okay. Thanks for uh, being on the line. I was going to say thanks for being here, but you're not here. Nowhere near me. <laughs> virtually, virtually. Yes, virtually here. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm in North Texas. You're in London uh, or thereabouts. And, uh, uh, and, and maybe next time, maybe this time next year, I'll be up at the London studios, who knows. Um, but, uh, we are, uh, we have a, a bit to talk about in, yeah, it's kind of 5G adjacent, but it sort of has to do with everything in the telecom universe, um, which is OSS, BSS and the OSS market in particular, um, you've been, uh, writing about and, and, uh, talking to a lot of people about recently. Um, one of the things that I keep getting my hand slapped for is um, one of the many things is um, I continually call it back office when I refer to OSS and BSS. Why is everybody upset at me about that? Is that is that is that term completely out of fashion now? No, and, and it's it's still fair to some extent. Uh, I mean, on one level, you know, this is the underbelly of the telecom industry. It, it's not the big sexy pass of Nokia and Ericsson. That's the base stations, the radio equipment, the optical networking. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this is uh, this is a smaller market uh, and, and less talked about. And it's sort of the um, you know the the inside operations of a telecom operator. Not something they're particularly keen to talk about either. Uh, it, it's something hidden away from their customers. But in its defense, uh, what we're talking about essentially are management systems. And generally, in any business, you know, management is not back office. Management is what um, drives strategy for the business. Um, and, and while OSS systems are not necessarily driving the strategy, they are critically important to um, enabling companies to make money from 5G or enabling network slicing to happen in a way that's repeatable and, and easily automated. So, you know, they're, they're back office, but, but important, I'd say. Yeah. It can't be any worse than calling it plumbing. I mean, that's, that's another <laughs> broadband term, but I, but I guess the, the point being that, that it is closer to revenue collection, revenue generation, and, and the lifeblood of the business more so than something that just sits way in the back and, and, you know, crunches numbers or stores data or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the, you know, the BSS side of things. And, and, you know, the, the argument you'll hear from the vendor community is, you know, it's all well and good putting 5G radio, 5G core in place. Uh, but unless you have the, the charging systems, the policy systems and functions in order to monetize that, uh, and you have new WYSI portals to present um, products or services to your enterprise and consumer customers, you're not going to make a return on 5G. So you know, there's there's a lot going on in, in BSS too. Right. Yeah. Thanks for sort of setting that up because I, uh, one of the reasons um, you, you wrote recently that the market is due to make a comeback. Um, 
you know, it's not a huge market with respect to the rest of the telecommunications uh, world, but um, how big is the market? Why do you see it uh, uh, rebounding in the next year or so? So if you look at OSS and BSS together, it's around $20 billion. I mean, you can't be too precise about these things because a lot of the vendors that are in that space are not public. They don't disclose their revenues, but somewhere in the $20 billion mark, you know, which is a reasonably sized market, certainly big enough to keep me busy. The market this year is in decline, as is all of the telecom industry, whether it's the telecom services themselves, you know, they're, they're Revenues of the operators are declining this year, uh, and their capex is declining. And as a result, uh, most of the, the telecom equipment markets are, are down this year. Not horrendously down, but down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but next year, you know, the the rollout of five G will continue. Uh, operators will need to modernise their systems. They'll need to uh, enable all sorts of new features and functionality like uh, network slicing, and that's what's driving. Uh, the recovery in our forecasts in the OSS and BSS market in uh, 2021. Yeah, it seems on the um, uh, on the service provider side, there's been you know a lot of acquisitions in the market, especially in the U.S., has consolidated tremendously in the past um, you know decade. Um, one of the things I still still point out to people, in, really anybody who will listen, is that I, I've been an AT and T customer forever, and I know their billing systems and their ordering systems aren't all aligned because I still have to go into a store to change anything on my account. Uh, there's, there's, even though they've, they've managed to make the process, the online process, uh, you know, easier and easier as the years go, it's still not like my Google services and my Amazon services and my Netflix and all the other things I use. It, it, those things are just log in and do what you do. AT&T, you get so far and then they usually send you to a splash screen and say, okay, you got to call us now. And then when you call them, they say, you should probably go into the office, <laughs> which is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's painful. But then you know, these are companies that have been around a long time. As you say, they've made yeah. acquisitions. They end up with two different billing systems, two different order management systems. And then they'll put a sort of sticking plaster over the top to give the appearance of, of one brand that you're dealing with. But underneath, you still got all of that messy complexity. And it's just a case of, you know, it's like, you know, it's like your um, DIY projects at home. You know, you're really going to get around to, right. to fix that. <laughs> loose cupboard under the sink or have you got better things to be doing and you know they have better things to be doing with their time and their money as well yeah is um and also on the MA front though um a lot of the vendors in the space have been um have been consolidating so amdocs has made uh purchases recently and so so have uh, a couple of other vendors in the space and um what do you think is sort of propelling um I guess in the last, this has probably been in the last year or so as well, there, there's been just an increased appetite for M&A in the OSS market, OSS and BSS market. What do you, what do you think is behind that? So the Amdocs acquisition of OpenNet, which happened quite recently, that's quite special. That's quite unique. Uh, mm-hmm. And part of the, the driver for that was that OpenNet had uh, a really good charging solution that was built using these cloud-native principles, cloud-native software architecture principles that that Amdocs also adheres to, but it it seems as though the the actual charging product that OpenNet had um, had done a better job of using those. Um, 
On the OSS side of things, we've seen a lot more acquisitions over the last couple of years. They're generally, the theme is that um, companies that are strong in what used to be called service fulfillment, or now is, is often called orchestration, service orchestration, uh, they've been a- adding to their capabilities by buying niche service assurance companies. So I'm thinking here of things like Ericsson buying Scenix and um, Blue Planet recently buying Sentina Systems. So by putting that service assurance together with the orchestration, they then have this closed loop uh, automation capability that um, the operators all want. Mm-hmm. How, how does that help um, the operators as we're getting closer to, you know, as they're getting closer to deploying 5G networks? Like why, um, in general, why the push toward closed loop systems? Is it is it all about just automating these processes um, uh, along the way? So the, the loops are nested and they appear at multiple levels up and down the the IT stack, if you like, so down in the in the you know, radio infrastructure or the optical networking infrastructure, there's lots of automation inbuilt. Uh, but as you go higher up the, the IT stack into these OSS systems, they're sending out configurations, instructions to lower level management systems. Um, and, off, and what they need is a feedback. They need a feedback from that system telling them, is there a problem? Is there an anomaly? Is there a fault? Is there a performance degradation? And if so, they need to then have the intelligence to work out, okay, what do I need to change? What's the new configuration that's going to solve this problem uh, in my multiple systems that I'm managing at this sort of top level of um, service orchestration? Okay, excellent. And uh, you're going to be, and and this sort of thing is, I guess, in, in the 5G sense, this is all about, you know, if they don't tighten these uh, tighten these processes up, you know they've got more data and more devices coming at them. So things will get out of hand rather quickly, I would imagine. That's the idea. Uh, lots more traffic on the network, lots more users as five G devices become more common, um, and then it's also a lot of it is about untapping this enterprise opportunity. The, the operators have been sold this vision that with five G they'll be able to do. Um, network slicing, create private networks on the fly for multiple use cases that are yet to be proven, uh, but you've got to give it a go, I guess, in order to, to innovate. You can't just sort of sit back and wait for somebody else to, to deliver all this for value for you. So there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, but um, in order to try and tap those opportunities, you, know, you, you do need uh, a decent IT stack on top. All right, we'll leave it there for now. We will uh, uh, see your work at the Big 5G event. You're on three panels, I believe. Yep. Okay, so they're keeping you quite busy. Uh, James Croshoff from Omdia, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Phil. Thanks to Avast for their sponsorship this week. Avast's award-winning security solutions make it easy for your customers to stay safe online, no matter how many devices they use. Learn more at avast.com partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot partners.